Father, it's so good to know you're there. Even better to have a sense of your presence. Teach us your ways. Draw us into your heart, your spirit, into communion and connection. Help us to breathe, relax, and just melt into your arms. You are holding us. Help us not to resist and struggle and wrestle and fight against you, Father. Teach us to know you, to walk in your ways. I pray all these things in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hey guys, Construction Monk here. If I could tell you one thing today, one thing that would help you, no matter who you are, no matter where you are, no matter what's going on in your life. If I could tell you one thing and really, like, really get through, it would be relax. Breathe. It's going to be all right. You're going to be okay. It's going to be okay. <laughs> it's true, but we don't believe that and we don't live that. And that's the problem. Hey guys, today we are going to talk about relaxing. <laughs> it's going to be a relaxing conversation, I hope. Um, we are in a long-term series entitled Calling All Mystics, Notes from the Road. We are in a section called Communion, where we're talking about what it looks like to live life in relationship with God, right? And also, out of that, to live life in relationship with others. And we already do all this, guys. We're already living life in relationship with God and others, but not in a good way. And so what we're talking about is, like, we have ideas about how the world should operate in relationship with itself, each part with each other, and how we've learned that in messed up ways and how to come back to God's idea of those things, right? <laughs> this is a Construction Monk podcast. I'm your host, Jay Randall Stewart, and this is Note 38. And this note is about relaxing. <laughs> So we're talking about communion, right? We're talking about our relationship with reality. We're talking about how we've been formed to think of the world, how the world works, how we can make the world work for us, how we work in ourselves and our personhood, right? We're three parts. We're a Trinitarian person. We're, we have a tripartite system. We're a spirit and a soul and a body. I'm trying to give you some ideas about these things and just put these ideas out there so you can start to think about and look for these things, right? How you are a person with three parts and how you, as a person with three parts, interact with this world, right? What the world is like and what the world should be like, 
right? Remember that quote from the mission, thus is the world. No, that's how we made the world. There's this tension in the world between what is and what should be. It's what some call the already and the not yet. There's two kingdoms. And we're moving towards the kingdom of God, but we're moving out of the kingdom of Satan, the kingdom of hell, because we're living in hell, but we don't know it. We're numb. And so being awakened in our spirit with our spiritual sensitivity is starting to recognize the hell we're in in order to get the hell out of it. <laughs> whoop, whoop. Amen. That's a, that's a terrible process, guys. I'm just telling you. Um, I've got four memes that I want to read to you here at the beginning, and then we got some scriptures. But like, I just want to share with you some of my journey. The last three or four nights, in the middle of the night, throughout the night, for a large portion of the night, I've, I've, I've woken up feeling this tension. Like, I've, I've woken up feeling my body tingling. It's my spirit through my soul resonating in my body. And it's been this tension of the oppression God's bringing up to the surface and trying to bring me out of. And there's been thoughts and feelings in association with this. But, like, I just, I feel it. Um, two days ago, I had to go back into my house to cut some plumbing and reattach, rerun some plumbing. I'm replumbing the whole house. And so I'm almost done, but there's the main line that comes into the house. And I, there's two old section of, sections of plumbing that aren't connected to anything anymore, but that are still alive. And so I had to rerun this section to cut those out. So in my early 30s, I developed claustrophobia for the first time. While I was in the middle of a two-hour spelunking expedition with a friend who was leading five of us through this cave, and that's when I discovered that I had claustrophobia. I never had it before. We're, you know, an hour and a half in, maybe an hour into this cave, and it just kept getting smaller and smaller until it was the size of, just roughly the size of our bodies, a little bit bigger. So we're crawling, and we're just like in the middle of this cave, deep in the earth, and all of a sudden, I started feeling the walls closing around me, <clears throat> right? It's not a good feeling, knowing that we've crawled an hour in, and we have an hour left to get to the other end. And I just, I just felt, I just wanted to be somewhere else. I just, like, it did not feel good. And so, I developed claustrophobia somehow for the first time in my early 30s. Going into my house two days ago, I've worked through this a lot, right? And it's more than just claustrophobia. There's a spiritual reality to everything. So I've worked through this. I've understood what it is a lot more and more. There's, there's a spiritual aspect to it. So I was going into the house and, you know, I know I've worked through this, but it's not completely worked through. So I get under the house to cut this plumbing and my heart started to race a little bit. But I know now a lot more what's going on and it, it doesn't bother me as much. And I know Nothing can come between me and God. And so I breathed. I did the work. Had to get back under two more times. And those two more times, my heart didn't race. And then that night, in the middle of the night, that was the tension I was feeling. Was It was like my spirit communing with God over this issue. And I was thinking about, okay, why do I still have these 
I call them ghosts of footholds in my soul. This programming about this issue that when I get into tight spaces, I still feel this tension. And so it's like I was half awake. It's like my spirit was speaking to God and God was speaking to my spirit about these things. And so images were flashing in my head and I'm picturing myself in that cave back from when I was in my 30s. I'm imagining myself under the house. I'm just like, there's this conversation going on in my spirit, in my emotions, in my thoughts, in my body. And it's this feeling and it's these thoughts and I'm just wrestling while I'm sleeping, half awake, waking up, falling back asleep. For hours and hours that night, two nights ago, God and I were talking about why that even is a thing for me. And where it started, for some reason, I just, I, I didn't understand until two nights ago that the first time I experienced that spiritual oppression was in my early 30s in that cave. And what was it and why did it happen? And one of my questions was, why did the Holy Spirit allow me to experience that in my 30s? It was an intense fear. And what, you know, one of the conclusions was that the Spirit has been marking my journey into this spiritual numbing, this veil, into the veil. Like, if you're on a journey into spiritual numbing, then you're on a journey into further and further into separation with God. And I was on a journey further and further into separation with God, even as a Christian. But there, there are these marks, 3, 5, 11, 14, 32, 29. There are these markers where I experienced intense spiritual oppression but they were marking my journey into my spiritual insensitivity so that the spirit could have a trail to guide me back out it's it's really it's fascinating guys to me how god uses the kingdom of darkness to lead us back out it's it's a crazy idea but it's just been my experience and that's how god's taught me and so i realized that the Spirit allowed me to experience that. So I had a marked, clear pin or point to understand. This is a point at which I was f- traveling further into darkness and, and spiritual insensitivity. Because when you feel a fear and you develop fear and you start to build your life around fear and I need to be more in control, which means I need to feel less and I need to be more numb. Though we may not understand that that's what's happening. You're, you're building your life around this system. Which says don't be spiritually sensitive. It's not good. But. So we're traveling into the system. It wouldn't be good to journey into spiritual insensitivity without understanding that's what's going on. When you experience fear, what's your first reaction? How do I get away from this? How do I not feel this anymore? Like That's the point of spiritual oppression. The kingdom of darkness is constantly, as, as Paul describes it in that passage about the six parts of armor, Satan throws his fiery darts at us and we need this armor to protect ourselves. I realize now when that happens, I don't assume that fear is my own and I don't, adopt it into my life and I don't build my life around it. 
But that's often what we do. So, you know, claustrophobia is, well, I, I just can't be in small spaces. I have a fear of small spaces. Well, why? Who told you you should be afraid of being in small spaces or whatever your fear is? And then why do you build your life around it? Well, this is what we do because we think it's normal. This is what we're talking about. <clears throat> and so <laughs> it's a long explanation. I didn't even plan on going so deep into that. But this is just one way that God works. <clears throat> so two nights ago, he was bringing up the issue about that. Last night, he was bringing up the issue about why I get white coat when my blood pressure has taken my heart races. Because when I had my breakdown at 42, I became so fixated on my blood pressure because it was high. And it was like, I got to do a lot to get my blood pressure down. And then it became a focus and it became a fear. And there was another stronghold and foothold built into me concerning this fear and what's at the heart of it. Right? What's it rooted in? So these are the conversations we need to have. How do we have these conversations? Well, I just described it. There's an aspect of emotions. There's an aspect of thoughts. There's an aspect of physical sensation. There's an aspect of what is spiritual. <clears throat> God needs to commune with you in the midst of these things so that you and God can talk to them, which means you need to feel them, which means you need to think about them, which means you need to feel them in your body. This is all spiritual, though, because we're a spirit and a soul and a body. And so, but what is God doing? God's bringing up triggers, fears, strongholds, footholds, so that you and God can talk to them, so that you and God can talk about them, so that God can get you out of them. But the initial experiences can feel hard. These are hard conversations we're having with God. This is communion. But what's the point? <clears throat> Come on, guys. What's the name of the podcast episode? The point is to relax. This is the first. This is the meme I thought of, which led me to discover three other memes that just I thought that just really fit. And so I make memes when God speaks to me things. And so I've started dating them. The first two don't have dates. But this was the first meme, the one I was looking for. Here it is. Salvation. God's long-term continual invitation to relax. <laughs> it's great. I, I love it. It's so, it's so counterintuitive, though, guys. God is bringing up the things that have grounded you in fear. And it feels like fear. And it feels like death. But he's doing that in order to go, look, here is something keeping you from life and from goodness and from love. It's crazy. I, I'm telling you, it's so crazy that God would lead you into fear to lead you out of it, right? You have to wake up to the hell you're in in order to get out of it. <clears throat> As Churchill once said, if you're going through hell, keep going. <laughs> this is, if you're living in hell, but you don't know it, the best thing that could ever happen to you is to wake up and start to fill your hell. <clears throat> Woo! Man, guys, it's, it's crazy. I'm telling you, it is wild. It is like, how do you get to heaven? You got to wake up to the hell you're in. <clears throat> God is trying to draw you into himself. But he's, to do that, he has to show you how you are not in him. <laughs> Our relationship with reality is contentious. 
for a reason because there is a kingdom of darkness. There is a kingdom of hell that wants to draw you into hell. How can Satan draw you into hell? By making you numb. Damn. I mean, gosh, that is like, of course. Satan's not going to draw you into hell by saying, hey, here's hell. Check it out. Walk around. Yeah. Feel it. Doesn't it feel good? Okay, would you like to make your home in hell? Of course not. So how could Satan possibly draw you into hell in a way where you don't know you're in hell and draw you deeper and deeper and deeper into hell by numbing you to hell through making you run away from your spiritual sensitivity that could alert you to the fact that this is hell and you shouldn't go there. (laughs) And so the journey out of hell... Is God awakening you to the hell you're in by opening up your eyes to the triggers and the fears and the strongholds of fear and death that are inside you? Because those things have been planted in you through a process that has freaked you the hell out so that you would run from your spiritual sensitivity so that you wouldn't be sensitive to the hell you're in so that Satan could draw you deeper into it. And so, But as God draws you out of it, at first it's going to feel like hell. It's going to feel very scary. It's going to feel very much like death. But God's drawing it out of you like poison so that you can start to relax into God's loving embrace. Salvation truly is God's long-term continual invitation to relax. And so a lot of the tension I've been feeling these last four nights is the tension of God bringing something up that he's drawing me out of. And it doesn't feel good at first. It feels like tenseness. There's a tense feeling in my body. But I've become practiced enough and habituated in this process to know God's drawing these things out of me so that I can breathe and relax. It's a hard journey, but I know where it's going. Here's the next meme. Ready? Surrender. By not holding anything, I hold everything well. Wow. By not holding anything, I hold everything well. Communion is about the fact that God wants to hold everything for you because he actually does. He actually holds you. The tension, though, between you and God is the fact that you are wrestling against God to try to hold everything yourself, to try to control everything yourself for your own benefit so that you can make the world work for you. But that's death. Like, guys, waking up to the reality of God and coming back into communion with God is waking up to the reality that you're trying to control the whole world for your own benefit. Man, do you understand how burdensome that is, guys? It's a big world. Six six or seven billion people, all these systems that you've got to wrangle and wrestle with every day. You're driving down the road. You're walking through the grocery store. You're going to work. And it's too much, guys. It's too much. It's so much. You can't even control the small things and you're trying to control the big things. It's a big world. Being in the posture of trying to control and hold everything and carry everything and make everything work for you, well, that is a paradigm of death 
fear. That is a paradigm that is so overwhelming. But when you're numb, you'll do a lot of things that are stupid and don't make any sense practically. If you could step back and look at it, you, you would go, yeah, why the hell would I ever try to control this world for my own benefit? It's so dumb. Like, it's just impossible. Like, <clears throat> nature, bees, squirrels, you know, rain, lightning, Everything around you is not in your control, and yet if you're grounded in a paradigm of i got to control everything for my benefit, it's, it's overwhelming, but you're numb so you don't realize it. So you're doing this stupid thing, trying to control the world for your own benefit. And so surrender is the natural way out. By not holding anything, I hold everything well. Like, relax. It's not in your hands anyway. Well, you can't relax into nihilism and fatalism. You can only relax into the reality of communion where, hey, there is a God. God is good. God is holding everything for me. I'm only in contention with God as I try to hold everything myself. (laughs) That's good, man. Okay. Now, this one is 7-6-2023. It's a newer one. The title is Long-Term Healing. And here's the statement. In a system sickness long growing, a quick fix mentality will only make us more sick. Ooh, baby. I'll eventually post these on my website in in the blog section. Um, And by the time you hear this, they may actually be posted. (laughs) So I may actually include the links. But here it is again. Long-term healing is the title of the meme. And here's the quote. In a system sickness long-growing, a quick-fix mentality will only make us more sick. Right? Man, guys, I can tell you i know what it's like to feel desperate to start to wake up to the sickness i'm in and start to go oh my gosh i know what it's like to be desperate for the quick fix honestly i don't know how god's gotten me this far along in this deep into communion communion because i've been so desperate for a quick fix guys guess what a quick fix is it's relief but it's not release Release takes a long time for God to get you out of this spiritual insensitivity, the system of death, the system of dying. Small steps, right? We Remember, we read in Psalm 119, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. There are these small daily steps you have to take. They're hard steps. It doesn't feel good. But what you really want in the moment is just to feel good, to feel really good really quick. That won't get you better. It'll actually make you more sick because really what that is, is numbing. God, I don't want to feel bad anymore. There's only one God that would love to make you numb so that you don't feel bad anymore really quick. And that's the God of this world, which is Satan, which is what scripture calls Satan. The God of this world has designed a system that can make you feel really good really quick, right? What is that? It's a million different things, guys. It could be alcohol. It could be drugs. It could be TV. It could be whatever stimulates your body in the moment and releases those endorphins in the moment to make you just feel good. But it's a, it's a stepping deeper and deeper into the dysfunction. And so <clears throat> a quick fix mentality in a system sickness that has been long growing will only make you more sick. <clears throat> and here's the last one, the last meme. And this was 7-14-2023. 
The title is Vision and Provision. Vision is for the future. Provision is for the moment. Anxiety is when we're seeking God's provision in the moment for the future. Everything God does is now. To relax into communion with God is an ever-present presentness. Remember the episode I did on, I forget what it was called, but it was about being present to the presence. This God is present to you now. God is not in the future. You don't live in the future. You don't live in the past. There is no time, right? God is ever presence, as scripture says, an ever present help in the time of trouble. You don't need help later. You need help now. God is always drawing you into the now with him. <clears throat> and so anxiety is when we're seeking God's provision in the moment for the future. And the thing I was wrestling with last night about my blood pressure was this was the thought that was coming to me, to which was attached an emotion of fear. And there was the tension in my body about this, but it was like, will I feel fearful again when, the next time I have my blood pressure taken? And I was, this was the thought and the feeling and the emotion and the sensation. And so, but I, I know that is not something that is real, that fear. And so I was talking to God, waking, sleeping, waking, sleeping, this tension. Why am I feeling that way? What's at the heart of it? And what's your solution? What's your remedy? And really what God said is, well, in every moment you feel my goodness in the moment. But if you're trying to think about how you might feel and how I might make you feel in some future moment, you're, you're, you're being drawn out of the moment into the future. And I can't make you feel something in the future because you don't live in the future and I don't live in the future. We live together in the now. And so who would be drawing you out of my presentness and my present goodness in the moment into a future to try to feel something for the future when you can't feel something in the future? It wouldn't be me, would it? And I was like, <laughs> oh, snap. You're right. He's like, who is trying to draw you out of the present, out of my present goodness and the goodness that you feel in the present with me now? And I was like, well, ding, 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 ding. I know who. Satan and an evil spirit and a system that has ingrained me in habits that would also, that have, habitu have, that have habituated me in this practice of trying to think about how I might feel in the future and to try to connect to some kind of feeling now about the future when everything I feel in the now, for the now, is now. And that's it. Communion with God is always in the now. Satan is always trying to draw us into the future or the past. Because that's fantasy. And that's developing a mentality of trying to have a fantasy approach to reality. <laughs> Let's see what time I have left. And continue talking about relaxing. don't have much time left. So there's a couple of scriptures I wanted to go to. We'll um, go to the most pertinent one. And that is Matthew chapter 11. This is good. I'll read this in two versions, the NIV and the message. This might be all we get to, but this is good. This is Jesus talking. This is a promise of Jesus, guys. This is an invitation of Jesus. Matthew eleven twenty-eight. 28. 
Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. You will find rest for your souls. How? If you come to Jesus. This is a promise. Remember, it's, it's not a quick fix mentality, though, guys. It's a long term, step by step, day by day, moment by moment invitation. Let's read that same section in the Message Bible. Remember, these are the words of Jesus. And these are words of Jesus for you that are as real today as they were 2,000 years ago. Are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. What are we talking about? (sighs) Relax. Guys, it's going to be okay. You're going to be okay well, how do you work through the moments when you don't feel okay? How do you start to learn from Jesus? Communion. How do you walk with Jesus? Like he says, walk with me, work with me, watch how I do it. We have a spirit. Jesus has given us the Holy Spirit to translate through the spirit from the Father a life. We got to walk with Jesus. We got to learn from Jesus, guys. This is not metaphor, poetry. This is a real invitation. Jesus is inviting you back to yourself, but not alone. This is communion. Guys, inside you is a lot of hell. It's really scary to start to walk back into yourself when in you is a lot of hell. But you don't have to go alone. Jesus said, I won't leave you as orphans. I will come to you. How? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is already in you though and that's the grace and that's the goodness is going back into yourself is going back into the communion that already exists between you and God. But the work that we learn to do with Jesus is the work of starting to dismantle the veil to start to come back into greater communion with God. But God is with you in the process. We're coming back to the reality that God is with us. We're growing to be more with God. But the beautiful thing is that God does all the work. And we just learn how to let God do the work. And so these last four nights where I'm waking up, feeling the tension, the dominant posture for me is, relax. God's not asking me to do something about these things I'm feeling. God's asking me to relax as he does the work. And I've become more ingrained in the process of what I'm feeling is the thing that's leaving. And what I'm feeling is the work that God is doing for me. It can feel really bad, guys. I've felt really bad in the process. Looking back, the seven years in the desert, I didn't have this truth. I didn't understand that God was doing a work in me. I didn't have that ideal and that you know, that structure 
that understanding of the system of this way. But now, looking back, I can see the whole time when I felt like I was dying and I didn't know what was going on, but I believed God was with me. I had a faith, even though in the practical experience of my present moment, I felt like I was dying and I felt so much out of myself and so much distressed and so much in hell that I really, I didn't know if I would live It was that intense for me at times. I really didn't know if I could handle what I was feeling. It felt too much. But now I know God was doing something for me. And I was feeling it. And God was actually allowing me to feel it so that I could learn, so that I could look back and see what he was doing, so that I could talk to you about what God will do for you and what God is doing for you and in you. And that it doesn't feel good. But you can relax. It's not on you, guys. This is the invitation of Jesus, which is the invitation of communion. God is with you. God has always been with you. The hell that you're in is a posture, an internal posture of you trying to manage life for yourself. And so what is communion? What is coming back to God? It's starting to realize that you're not living life by yourself. You're not alone. You've never been alone. But you've built this wall between you and God, this veil, and it has to be dismantled brick by brick. But guess what? You don't have to do it. You can't do it. You won't do it. You have to relax. Even when it feels bad, even when it feels really bad, just relax. Let go. That's what I did under the house three days ago, two days ago. (laughs) I'm crawling under the house into a space. My heart is starting to race. But this is what I did. This feeling isn't the reality of my life in communion with God. What my body is feeling, it's not real. It's just the tension of the journey that I'm on. And I don't feel like I used to feel under in crawl spaces, in tight spaces. I used to go into full-blown panic attacks. Like I did that first time. When that first marker was placed in me by the Holy Spirit when I was in my early 30s in that cave. I don't feel like that anymore. It's growing less and less fearful because I'm on a journey. But I'm 50. So it's taken 18 years. (laughs) I have to think about it. I'm not good at math. 18 years forgot to walk me back out of that fear that was placed in me as I was journeying into my spiritual insensitivity like it takes time 18 years is a long time to unlearn fear in this particular area for me so I'm still not there but under the house two days ago it didn't feel as bad and I had the presence of mind to feel it and not actually be afraid it's it's really great when you can feel fear but not be afraid I'm not afraid of feeling afraid because I know it doesn't grip me it doesn't really have me and feeling it is feeling me with God walking out of it that's a man it's such a comfort to know even though I feel bad 
I'm on a journey out of that. Amen. It's hard to walk out of hell because it requires that you begin to feel it and experience it. And look, my prayer, honest to God, guys, this is my prayer to God for you, is that it wouldn't be as hard for you as it was for me. I believe God has given me a special experience of these things so that I could learn them really deeply so that you wouldn't have to. That's what a Moses is, a forerunner. Someone like Moses spent 40 years in the desert so that he could lead people through the desert so that it wouldn't be as hard for them as it was for him. Even though Israel spent 40 years going through the desert, they weren't lost. And they had someone there who could, who was giving them words from God. Like Moses was in the desert. And finally, he encountered God towards the end. But then when he led Israel into the desert... They had God with them the whole time. That makes it, God with you makes all the difference. You may be starting your desert journey, but you don't have to do it alone. What was hard for me doesn't have to be as hard for you because I'm here and other people are here to walk you through. You're not alone. I'm with you. I'm telling you what it's going to be like. I'm preparing you so that you can know, hey, your spiritual sensitivity will increase and your sense of fear might increase some, but you don't have to be afraid. God is with you. This is the process. As you wake up to hell, it'll feel like hell, but God's the one waking you up. So in the middle of all of it, breathe. Relax. It's going to be okay. Amen. Hey guys, this has been a Construction Monk podcast. I'm your host, J. Randall Stewart. And I'm here, guys. God is here. That's what really matters. It's God is with you. I'm just telling you, hear it. I'm not right with you, but I am with you. And I'm telling you, God is right with you. And he is going to walk you through. God can deliver you from the hell you're in okay it's true amen